The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. You are my knight and shining armor, Marcus. Oh, am I? Don't kiss me, though. <laughs> well, it's sex and other human activities. I'm not kissing nobody. Well, I am kissing somebody, but I'm not kissing you. No, because I got a dragon of my own. <laughs> How are you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you went to a concert this week? I did. I went to two concerts this week. I'm fucking loving it. I had a great time. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. His name is Sturgill Simpson, and I'm in love with him. <laughs> he is, uh, he is, uh, he, well, I'm going to go, he's not your traditional sexy. <laughs> uh, for sure. Well, you're not a traditional sexy type of gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he. Your tastes I, are unconventional. They're un- I mean, I love him all across the board. I got to say, I'll throw it out there. And uh, he is a country Rock musician? Yeah, I'd say I, that. Because I hate saying country music because, like, he's not Blake Shelton. No. You know, like, he's of, like, the old school country music where Merle Haggard gave him, like, his blessing. Like, he has that old school sound. And as you guys know, you know, Doug is in The Cowmen with Marcus and, mm. like, the, he, he loves country music. He grew up in a country music playing family. And so we went to go see him. He just came out with a brand new album. It was a secret show. We were there. It was a very small, a limited amount of people got in, and um, it, it was awesome. It was like it was almost like a little private show. And he played the album from beginning to end, which you very rarely get to see in a concert. But this new album that he just released is is a concept album that he wrote to his son that was just born, and basically the whole album is talking about his perspective of life and and how he made a lot of mistakes and the mistakes that he had made and he doesn't want his son to make the same things and it's he re- refers to it i think he calls it like an open letter of evolution to him god i love his way with I words i just love him so much <laughs> he's so good man yeah he just has such a, a wonderful way of speaking and a wonderful way of songwriting like he's he yeah i'm a huge Sturgill since as well i had to work i couldn't make it out but goddamn i wish i could have been it there. was pretty awesome i'm sorry marcus it's fine it's but, fine i'm happy you guys had a good time we really did and you it it, it was such an intimate show that um after one of the songs it was a brand new album so i wasn't really too familiar with a lot of it um, he started to tear up and he was like, you know, it's just kind of funny sometimes when, when you write your own thing and you're creating your own art that sometimes you write something that's so deep and so personal, you forget that you have to perform it in front of other people. And you could tell that throughout their performance that he was really battling with what his words were, like what he was talking about and the mistakes, because he he was a fuck-up. He was like a number one fuck-up. I think he even got kicked out of the Navy. I mean, it was like, (laughs) there's all he did all these things. He's a crazy, like, drug. He's really good friends with Seth Rogen. Yeah. Joe Rogen. I'm sorry, Joe Rogen. And uh, he he talks about his, um, ooh, what is it? When you see angels, ooh, D. DMT? DMT. <laughs> you know the thing where you see angels? angels? You knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> so he was talking, you know, and all that stuff. But it's just really interesting because even at the end of it, I think they the other band members expend, expected him to come back on for an encore, and he just never came back out because he was really 
moved because he also said partway through, he's like, the difference between doing this just for some fans and, and no critics and, and nothing else, he's like, it, it makes me be able to feel what I was trying to do with this. Yeah. And he was so, having such an experience himself performing it. And I mean, it's like, I've been listening to this guy for a while. I've seen him before, like in a huge venue and watching him be that vulnerable was awesome. Yeah. But it just started to make me think about, you know, a lot of the things which, of course, on a very, I guess, different level. Let's say a different level, definitely. <laughs> yeah. let's, just, let's make a lateral move a very, on Very, very different yeah. level. That there is sometimes, you know, even in my own, even with comedy and things like that, that I write or do something and then I perform it in front of other people. And I'm like, why did I want to do, why did I want to do that? That's like, even though it is like. A character or something like that. It's like, why did I put myself in that position? It's like, what part of me did I need to uh, quench yeah. to do this? And uh, it, it happened recently shooting the second season of Girls Are Roommates. I won't tell you exactly what it is because you're going to have to watch it to find out. <laughs> but let's just say I wrote a very brutal scene that I really, really wanted to have in it. You fought for it. I fought for it. I said this, I wanted to get very very uncomfortable and very brutal and it did and as i was as i was filming it i was upset with myself that i wanted this yeah why did i do this why, why did i this? why did i bring this part of myself out right and i think that that's kind of what i wanted to talk i was talking with marcus about that sometimes your art in different ways it it's personal in ways even the other people wouldn't even know yeah and I think that's a big part of artists, even no, no matter what kind of work that you do. It's like any kind of work that you're putting anything personal into, that it's like you could put something out, you know, like like an actual like piece of art, and other people even looking at it, you're like, why did I make that? Because you feel like they can see the the slice of your soul that you put yeah, out but, there. Because you're really putting yourself out there. And we have a, a lot of creative people that, that listen to this show that do music, that do acting, that do art, that do everything. Everything, every creative thing under the sun, I imagine one of our listeners does it. Uh, and that's the thing. And, and art, too. Like, art is a really big thing because it's so interpretive. And it really comes from such a weird place inside of yourself. And putting something like, something like that out there that means so much to you, you feel like everybody else around can see that because it's a very vulnerable thing you're showing such vulnerability and when you think that everybody else can see that it freaks you out oh yeah you know, it, it freaks you out and it, and it can you know really it make you tear up like Sergio does and i you know and i read a ton of like you know music biographies and things like that and a lot of artists have that uh, a lot of musicians have that songwriters uh where some of them won't even perform certain songs from early on in their career because they're like that's just that's too painful like i let myself out too much but oftentimes those are the best songs like those are some of the songs that you really want to hear when you go and see these guys because they did show some vulnerability they did show what was inside of them and we all liked it like we all liked what we saw and that's the i think the difference that's the disconnect between the audience and the artist uh is the artist can never fully see what the audience takes in right you can never fully understand what the person that's consuming it uh is taking from what you put out there uh and that's uh it's an extremely scary thing and it's a very courageous thing as well that's the thing about it is that something like that takes courage you know when you're putting out you know certain types of art you can you can do something very superficial you can do something that just skims the surface that people kind of it's like okay i kind of know what that person's about but people know 
Like, they, they know. They can tell. If they're looking for something genuine, they can look at you and they can tell that person is not genuine. They're trying to do something genuine. Or not even trying. They want to appear, appear to be genuine. To be genuine. Right. They want to appear to be genuine, but they're not trying to be genuine. They're not actually giving me anything. And that's, I think, why a lot of art fails and why a lot of art just kind of falls flat. Uh, because people can tell. People respond to it. People respond to, to actual, like, genuine thought and feeling. And if something isn't genuine... Uh, if you're holding back, people can tell, and they don't respond to it, and they don't care. But when people really put something, uh, like a piece of themselves out there, then people care. So everybody out there that's like working on uh, some creative thing, and you've got this impulse, and you're like, man, I, I, want, I feel like I need to say this, but I don't really want to. You know? And if you feel like you need to say something, but you're afraid to put it out there, that's when you fucking go for just it. Just try it. That's when you go for it the hardest. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Just do, take what's in you, what you need to say. Figure out, first of all, figure out what you need to say. Not just what you want to say, but what you need to say, what you need to put out there in the world, what is inside of you that you need to show to other people. Uh, figure out what that is. Uh, find the thing that scares you the most, uh, and then do that. It's freeing. It is abs- It is so freeing. Once you finally do that, once you face what you're afraid of and once you unlock it and let it out, that's nowhere near as scary as you thought it was. Uh, And not only once you let it out, you free up a little bit of brain space in there. That shit ain't scratching at the door anymore. It's out. It's gone. It's done. Right. Uh, And it's so helpful. It's, It's therapeutic. It's extremely therapeutic. And I know a lot of people out there use their art in therapeutic ways. This show right here, this is therapeutic for both of us. We open the fucking door and, and we let shit out. And it's also vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, it's vulnerable. We, we let shit out. We show people what's inside of ourselves. Uh, and it's a therapeutic thing. Not that this is art or anything, but, you know, this is uh, still. We're a- making something. <laughs> We're making something. We're still doing some sort of creative thing uh, that wasn't out there before. Uh, and anybody out there that, you know, if you're afraid to show the world what's in you, show it and see what happens. But I think I, I was just, it also just makes me think of, we saw also Billy Joe Shaver, who's another country great. Love Billy Joe Shaver. And his son died of an overdose. He was a member of the Eagles. And um, when he died of the heroin overdose, he wrote this song that is, I can't even think of it. It's, it's called I Want to Live Forever. Mm. And um, it's, it's a really intense song. And he sang it. And he started to cry. He's an old man, so he's a rough old man. Yeah. And he started to cry, and after he sang it, he was just like, I try and sing that song at least once a week at one of my shows to remember him and to remember how I felt at the time. And he's like, I know it's really hard to do that. He's like, but that's part of life, and that's part of grieving and also keeping someone you love with you. And as hard as it is, I I have to sing it at least once a week. And I couldn't believe that we got to see it. Yeah. But like I, just, everyone was sobbing <laughs> because everyone knows the story of the song. Yeah. So because it is, I guess it's one of his big songs. It is. Yeah, it's one of his fa- yeah most famous songs. Oh my god! And yeah. it's just ugh. But but because like you said, it's therapeutic in a way. But I think it's also to keep touch. Yeah. With yourself. And I think that's why, like, when you do something brutal or scary, like I was talking about, like, I'm worried about what I'm keeping in touch with inside. Like, like what need is it? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, me enacting that out also helps me release it. Yeah. It helps me acknowledge it. 
and I'm never going to do that ever again. Yeah. Not that <laughs> not that particular one. <laughs> but also I find it kind of felt cool afterwards. It was like, man, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that you were afraid to do, something that you fought for. And then even when you started doing it, you didn't back out. Mm-mm. You didn't say, no, actually, no, never mind. I can't do this. No, because when you this. fight for something, there's no th- – at that point, don't throw your dignity away. Yeah. You got to fucking do it. I'm not saying, you know – uh, there's a lot of negative things that yeah. you could be talking about with yeah. this, but I'm saying positive things, the things that just kind of push your envelope a bit, and and it is something that is forever scary. But it's like just try to push your envelope this week. Yeah, try to push it. Just a little bit. Yeah, just try to see what's inside, see what you can pull out. Uh, and the other thing about it too is that if if you do it and you try and you pull something out, uh, and it doesn't you know, doesn't get a response or, you know, or you don't particularly like it or anything like that. Uh, remember is that all of this, like creative stuff takes a long time. It takes a lot of practice and it takes a, so much time to get to where you want to go. And you're going to fail a lot, even with, when you put yourself out there, even when, because putting yourself out there, nobody owes you anything. Nobody, it doesn't matter if you put yourself out there and nobody takes, that's not their fault, you know, and all that means is that you just need to keep working and you need to keep working harder and you need to figure out what works, what doesn't. You really need to be critical of yourself, however you need to be positively critical. You can't just look and say like, well, you know, I put myself out there and no one likes it, so I must be a piece of shit. No, you just look at it, you look at it critically and it's like, okay, what is like, I put myself out there. What is it about this that people didn't respond to? You know, not, you know, that people didn't respond to me or that people didn't respond to, you know, my personality or this or that. It's like, what about the music did people not respond to? You know, what about my, you know, art style did people not respond to? What What is it that, you know, that happened that nobody cared about? Uh, and once you really start looking at that and once you work on that and once you start actually taking the lessons that you learn and applying them to everything that comes afterwards, then eventually things will work out. All, you know, things will work out, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I, hopefully, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we said also is that, like, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and sometimes, like, you work for a very, but sometimes you work for an extremely long time, and then it does start to work out. Like, right now, here, you know, here at the, the station, like, things are starting to work out. People are starting to pay attention. You know, things are starting to get a little bit better around here. We're doing, yeah, you know, yeah, people are just start finally starting to pay attention to us. Uh, and it's like, yeah, we've been doing the station itself for, like, five years, uh, but in May... Like late May, that will mark my fifteenth year in radio. Damn! I, I have been doing this for fifteen years, uh, and it's taken this long. It's taken this long of trying so many different things and trying so many different shows, so many different approaches, so many different uh, genres, ways of doing radio, ways of doing this or that. And it took a very long time, <laughs> not and not even necessarily knowing where the fuck I was going the entire time. Uh, and I'm not there yet. None of us are there yet. Like, we're still working our asses off. We're still working hard. We're still fucking getting there. We're uh, maybe on the edge. Who knows? Could be. But we still don't really know where it's going to end up in a grave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting buried in a grave. What about you? 
Nah, burn me up. Nah, get me a grave, man. Mm-mm, I, wanna... I ain't worms. Oh, I've been wanting a headstone since I was a kid. You can still have a headstone. Nah. You know what is, uh, not to completely change the subject here, uh, apparently you can cha- turn someone's ashes into a, they call it a memorial stone, um, turn it into a diamond, and so my mother is currently trying to fatten my father up <laughs> to get the biggest memorial stone she can. <laughs> she told me and my father that that's her new her new plan is to try and get my father as fat as possible and then she's going to turn him into a ring. <laughs> is your mother a witch? I think it's kind of cool. She's like, because then I keep him with me forever and, you know, and then I, I wear him all the time and I'm, I'll always think about him. I no, was like, and I've really captured his essence. I've captured his soul. Uh, he belongs to me and I can use his soul for my own powers. Memorial stone. <laughs> get one today. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to wear my daddy. <laughs> All right, let's get to the letters. I'm sorry. No, don't be that. Completely inappropriate for this podcast. I loved it. All right, our first lady. What are we gonna call her? Mm, jazzy Snapdragon. We already used Snapdragon. I love Snapdragon. <laughs> Snapdragon is one of my favorite words. You like it? Yeah. How about sharp tools? <laughs> With a Z. Yeah, sharp tools with a Z. Yeah, all right. Hello, cute hosts. Oh, we're cute. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if cute is how you describe me. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think we're cute, no. More pointy. <laughs> but I'll take it. I I'll, appreciate I'll, I'll it. I'll take it. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. I posted this in the Facebook group for advice, but I thought I'd submit it to you two as well. I hope you're both well. I think you're fab, and I love how dirty and clever you both seem. Aww. Uh, seem. See, that's, I mean. Dirty, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's more our speed. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, you're heading in the right direction now. <laughs> she says, it's been a rough couple of months. I married my on-again, off-again boyfriend of a year and a half last year so I could stay with him. I'm from Australia, and he's British. And while it's not something that would have happened for a while, I was confident that we would make it work. Six months later, his father and grandmother got cancer, our friend committed suicide, and I found out he's online dating. He's addicted to the hunt, apparently, and doesn't care about them. Okay, whatever. That's what he says. And eventually, obviously, we've broken up. He can't tell me when he'll have his head sorted out and said that he doesn't want to fuck me around, so we have to be apart for now, which I know is sensible and the better thing to do, but I can't let it go. I'm clinging to a hope that he'll come around. It's not just that this is his country, she's in England, uh, and my friendship group is limited, that living here now without him is the loneliest thing I've ever done. It's that I've literally never been in love with anyone before. I'm 32, and this is the first time, and he's my everything. I don't understand how he can't want me to help him, why he would rather run than work at it. Is it a guy thing or a him thing? I guess I'm just after advice for how to let someone go, someone that is your husband who shouldn't have been your husband yet, but regardless is your best friend. Do I have to lose the friend as well? I feel absolutely desperate with loss and grief. Sharp tools. Mm. I mean, I feel, I completely feel for you a thousand percent. Uh, but this guy sucks. <laughs> I and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that like to demean what you're because I'm. That sounds. It, it's so hard. It's so hard to let someone go. It's so hard to see someone that you see. If he was your best friend, if, he could be your best friend. But if you were his best friend, he wouldn't be doing this to you. No. Uh, yeah, be addicted to the hunt. Sure. 
However, you guys got married. He did make the choice. And I understand even if it was for you to stick around, for you to stay so you guys could see how it goes. It's hard because unfortunately in our brains, at least personally for me, the idea of marriage is something that is much bigger it is a huge step. It yeah. is a huge commitment. It is a big, it's a big step. And to do it for that kind of reason, which is completely understandable, he probably feels trapped, mm-hmm. even though it's just a, it's just a title, but he probably feels trapped and that's why he's out for the hunt, which just means he's not ready to be married. Yeah. He must, I'm sure he loves you and I'm sure he enjoys being with you, but he's not ready for this commitment at all. No, not even close. And you know, and it would be fine if he wanted to do that. Like, is there plenty of people, you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want in a relationship. You can do whatever the fuck you want in a marriage. And I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that are not only okay with something like that, uh, but it actually turns them on. Not you. I can tell you do not like that at all uh and if you're with if someone like needs to do that if that's something that he needs to do uh and you don't like that and if that's something that's always going to be a barrier between the two of you then you're not supposed to be with him you know and if not and if it's something and it's not only that like jackie says he's not ready yeah of course he's not ready he's running away from you like he's he is absolutely not ready for it and he is refusing to deal with it at all. He just doesn't want to deal with it. That's the biggest thing, is that he doesn't want the hassle. And it sounds like that's what he's treating your marriage as, is a hassle. Yes, and and you're, and you're worth so much more than that. So much more. And, and especially, it's like, if you want to stick around there and see what's going on, like, if you if you like it better than Australia, you know, I don't know if this is good advice, but it's like, fuck it, stay married to him, you're able to stay there, and then live your own life. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. And it's hard to, like, push him away in that in that respect, but I think that at this point, you should at least, if you are ready or want to, see other people. Yeah. Or just go out on a date. Like, it doesn't have to be anything. Just to try and, and remind yourself that even though it's like you do love this person, he's not the one for you. And there are other people to love. Yeah, there absolutely are. Like, sometimes it takes a long time to fall in love with someone. You know, just because you're 32 doesn't mean that... You have to settle. Yeah, no. There's no... Because you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Like, I'm 33. Uh, and, you know, I couldn't imagine settling. I, I That is... A, to me, that is a, a fate worse than death, is settling for somebody. Uh, if Because it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. It's never going to get better. Unless he grows a pair and comes to you and says, look, I want to work on this. I don't want it to be like this. Let's figure it out. Because maybe you guys live separately. Maybe, you know, you, you gain some a little bit of independence. You let him feel his independence again. Maybe he will grow up and want this. But do you want to put the time into this? Are you sure that this is... I, I understand it's like you can love someone, but if they don't love you back in the same... To the same... What is it? Aspect? Respect? I don't know. <laughs> the same amount. Yeah, the same amount. It's just... It's something that you can garner over time, but I, like you said, you're 32. So not that time is running out, but you want to know. Yeah. Right? Like, are you going to waste your time? You don't yeah. want to waste your time. No, absolutely not. And and I, you know, the a lot of the the happiest couples that I've seen, the ones where I'm like, okay, you guys are gonna fucking do it. For example, you and you and Doug, like what I see with you two guys is that you're both equal. 
Like you're both equals. You see each other as equals. You're both on the same wavelength. You're both right there together. Uh, and that's fucking beautiful. Like that's what I think a healthy relationship should be. If you're right there on the same wavelength, if you're going to fucking make it. Uh, and it doesn't sound like, and that's not to say that you guys will never get there because you can. Eventually, if he get, grows a pair, if he comes back, you guys start working on it, then eventually you can get there. But you cannot be with someone if you're on two different wavelengths. If you're on two different levels, it's never going to work uh, because one person is always going to feel trapped and one person is always going to feel resentful and the other person is going to feel neglected and they're not going to feel wanted. And all of this is going to just eventually explode. Either it's going to explode or you're just going to be miserable for the rest of your fucking life. And you can't deal with that. No. You can't do that. That's not what life is all about. That's not what we're not put on this earth to be uncomfortable right. all the time with the person that we're with. You know, yeah, I mean, life is uncomfortable. Life's a bitch. Yeah, yeah, like, everyone's yeah, got times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got times. Life is definitely. But the person that you're with, the person that you're married, like that shouldn't have to be so much of a constant push and pull. You shouldn't have to convince someone. They should, you, you shouldn't, that's the thing about a relationship is that you shouldn't have to convince someone that they should be with you. Uh, you, it's supposed to be, okay, here's the reason why this relationship could work. Not necessarily like, here's why you should be with me, but here's why we will work well together. Uh, and it doesn't sound like he wants to work together with you. No, you need to communicate. You need to compromise. Yeah. And that's the only thing. That's what fucking happens. That's what happens in a healthy relationship. I think while you're, maybe even while you're sussing this out, what I really think that you need at this point in dealing with this time is that you got to go make some good friends. Yeah. It's like maybe take this time rather than letting him suck all of the energy out of you and like all of your thoughts out of your head. Like that's like, it feels like it seems like you might just be focused on this, which of course you are. It's, it's a huge thing. Yeah. But maybe you need to go out and have some fun. The fact that you don't have a lot of close friends there, which that has to be hard to not be able to sit and talk to somebody face to face being like, and then he was doing this. But is this really what I need? Like, is this what I should be doing that? Like, go have fun and meet people mm -hmm. again. Like, it's like it doesn't have to be dating. It doesn't go meet people. Meet people in your neighborhood, go out to bars, go meet, just go out to restaurants, talk to fucking servers, do whatever you can to try and just make connections with people that aren't just him. Mm -hmm. Deep connections. And that's the other thing, and that's the, I think that's the biggest problem that you're dealing with right now. Yeah. Uh, is that you said he's your best friend, uh, and that's hard. It's so fucking hard when you're, you know, with somebody who is a that you consider to be not just your lover but also your friend, but friendship is not enough in a relationship, especially in marriage. Like friendship alone is not enough. It's not going to it's just you just can't do that. That that's not going to make for a lasting relationship I mean, for it either is, person. It is fun. like it is great. I would definitely say that Doug is one of my best friends. Yeah, it is extremely important. However, I do have other people that I talk to about things that I can talk to things that not that I don't necessarily talk in that perspective to him. You know, it's like you need to be able to talk to different people differently mm -hmm. to tap into what's going on inside of your head. You know, you hang out with, it's like, I've just recently started hanging out with women and I haven't in like a really long time. And you know what? 
it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to be like, oh my God, have you done that too? Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> With like dumb things that I've never actually said out loud before. Yeah. And and it's important. Yeah, it really is. And things that you didn't even know that you wanted to say out loud. I before. know that they just come out of your mouth and you're like, oh my God. And then they're like, me too. I'm like, oh, oh my God, everyone's the same. I'm not a freak. Thank you for talking to me about this. But it's really important. It's yeah. important to have different factions of friends. And I think that this is, you know, we've said this before in like in other ways, but it's like, you know, go like start taking classes go do like start a new hobby because that's how you fucking meet people yeah and you asked you know do i have to lose the friend as well for a while for a bit yeah for a bit you know you can you can all you can definitely come back to i've i have definitely been in relationships where they ended uh and you know people you know women that i considered like you know one of my best friends they ended but for a while no, it, it, like we were not friends for a while. We were friendly, fine with each other, but we were not friends uh, just because you can't be. You have to give yourself some space. You got to give yourself, so, you got to give some distance uh, because you have to heal. Uh, and you can't heal if you're constantly talking to the person that you uh, that you have both decided uh, you're not going to be with. Right. Uh, so, yeah, for a while you're going to lose the friend. But that does not mean that he's gone forever. But also think of, since it does seem like he is not unhappy with you, just unhappy with the situation, Yeah, that you will also, it's like, I feel like right now you see him as your best friend, but I bet the best friend that you saw before you got married, before it was this intense thing, will come back. Because right now he's probably a shadow of it, even though you don't want to see it, because he's so... He's trapped in turmoil inside of his brain. So you're still trying to see the same person that was there before, even though your connection isn't the same. But if you give him space and you're off doing your own thing, you know, you'll see the best friend again. Yeah. And you'll remember, you're like, oh, for that, like, year, I thought that you were the same person, but you weren't. Yeah. Because it's like secrecy and doing other things and trying to get away. And, like, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with him. Yeah. But I think that you could, you seem strong. I think she knows that too. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, that's why, I think you just needed us to hear, I think you need to hear us say it. Yeah. You you are better than this. Yeah. Oh, and I bet you have a fucking awesome accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. An Australian hanging out in England for a while. Wow. <laughs> I can only imagine. I sound like, ugh, a little rat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sound like a Florida. I sound like a Florida. Yeah, and I sound like a Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, we have to, we have our own crosses to bear. It's. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we got time for this week. Uh, if you guys want to write to us, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com uh, is the email address to write to. We've got a lot, we've been getting a lot of letters in lately. And thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for all of the uh, just really kind emails. Just, it's you been know, fucking awesome. Just think, you know, we've been getting a lot of great emails lately from people just being like, hey, you know, I love the show and all that. We appreciate it so much. And, and we couldn't say, how much it means for you guys to like listen to us pretty much that's it just to listen it really means a lot yeah it means so fucking much all right we'll see y'all next week you go fuck you go fuck how you do <laughs> hey you do <laughs>